Good morning, good morning. It's Saturday morning. Uh, This is Amy Marie from Climbing Your Roots, coming to you from South Florida with episode number one. Um, I'm not really going to re-edit this or do it a bunch of times. I'm going to freestyle for my first show. Today, I will be the guest on my show. And um, I just wanted to share my email for any suggestions or ideas about topics or questions or anything that you want to reach out about. It's climbingyourroots at gmail.com. So, um, Climbing Your Roots. This is an uplifting, empowering, and informative podcast. We will talk real. Things might be heavy, but its purpose is to have a good vibe and a nice, healthy conversation. I will talk myself alone and have guests on. I am always open to comments and suggestions as well as real and honest feedback. I have no expectations but to share. Sharing is part of my journey and could serve others. I want to create ways to have topics that listeners will learn and possibly grow from. I am also here for it, so thank you for listening. Um, I want to start off this morning by saying that every single person is completely different. This is a beautiful thing. God gives us all the chance of being a unique individual. So I want to start off by putting this question out there for all my listeners as, as I talk about myself. But what makes you who you are? Everyone needs to climb their roots to their full potential. Um, how does that apply to you? You know, you don't have to be from a broken home or a rough upbringing. There does not have to be trauma or abuse in your past. Um, There are just different ways that people suffer. And we are talking about our own moves in this podcast, like what we plan on doing as individuals for ourselves. And, um, you know, what makes you who you are? I want to say that again. Um, this also does not mean, again, like your, your family tree or your generational roots. Although those things can be included in who you are, your roots to your tree or growth are within you. So I just want to say that again. So for me, how I climb and why I have climbed my roots um, has a little bit to do With everything, because now I'm 41 years old and I am learning all over again about what my intentional living looks like. So I want to start off by uh, just, again, I want this to be about me today, but I want you to apply this to yourself as you listen, because that is my intentions for this episode. So, we all start off in a biological situation. We are all born to our biological parents. And at that moment, we are either in a loving family, we are given up for adoption. There are so many different things that even from the very moment that you arrive on this earth, have something to do with the rest of your life. Meaning it created you, not meaning it prevents you or stops you. Okay, so you were brought into this world, into a biological situation. For me, my parents were married. Um, My mother was sick. Um, 
I did get to have her for six years. I lived with my mother and father. My mother then became pregnant with twins. And after she gave birth to my twin sisters, um, my family dynamic changed very quickly. Um, The addiction was growing stronger every day. My mother left my father. Um, She left to Central Florida with my sisters. I never left with my mother. I was already witnessing things before she left that I knew I I did not want to be with her. Um, All those things were very traumatizing and left um, impressions on me to this day. But um, then she killed someone in a DUI accident in in a vehicle homicide. And the girl's name was Amy, which is my name. She was 18 years old, college student. And that was the beginning of my mom's prison life. Before she went to prison for that, she was on trial for two years, at which age I was eight and nine years old, and I remember everything vividly. Um, I had an ulcer at the age of nine because I wanted to get my sisters back from her. I was scared that someone else would take them when she went to jail. Imagine all these things. I was terrified at the age of nine. But um, to wrap that up, because I don't want to get into that, my father saved my sisters and I. My mother never got her act together. She was in and out of jail. She had lots of sicknesses. She was a kleptomaniac. She was ad- addicted to sex, addicted to men, addicted to scandal. She sued a lot of people. But she was sick and she died at the age of 53. I had always lived with my father. My dad was an amazing man. Also not perfect, but... um. He went to college. He was from Ohio. He went to Ohio State. He was from an Orthodox Jewish family. And my mother, I would say, was his poison. They are both dead now. My dad also died of cancer almost four years ago, um, leaving his three daughters behind and um, four grandkids at that point. But um, we had to deal with that loss. My dad was an athlete. He was a well-known salesman. He had a lot of amazing characters. He definitely climbed. He did not climb to his full potential. I love him, but I will say that. And part of me thinks that I'm putting this all in motion in my life, the podcast and the book that I'm working on, because they're both gone, and I guess I didn't want them to hear me talk about it. Um, I feel bad what happened to my dad. I learned a lot from his situation. I loved him very much. I still cry a little bit every day, but um, I'm growing through the grieving of that as well, which I will get to. So that was my biological situation. So the next step that I feel happens in life is your growth, which is usually the ages between 1 and 11, um, with school, with core values, with what you learn, and children are sponges, what you've seen. At that age for me, like I said... Um, I was with my father. Um, He did his best. Now that I've learned about children with emotional disabilities, uh, learning disabilities, special needs children, um, maybe he could have put some more time into having me evaluated and counseling. I, again, I am so grateful for my childhood, but I feel like in those years of growth, There are so many things that are important, and I honestly did not get them. Although my father took care of me, I did not get them. And I really handled it well, and I'm proud of myself, and I'm happy that I can say that. These are things that I um, dig deep to figure out, especially I'm working with children now. They're more along the ages of 5 and 11. But um, 
I love that I get to work with children, by the way, because I'm going to school again for the second time. I'm a PTA lady. I'm a substitute teacher uh, where my kids go to school in elementary school. And I, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I love children. I love children and I love that I get to use what I went through and make that fuel my my passion for like children. You know, <clears throat> my degrees in accounting and business, but my heart is with children. Um, after you grow, you go through development. Um, you know, the ages 12 to 18 are so crucial. Like that is really when you grow, you sprout, you hit puberty, you start liking boys, girls, um, you start having social life, wanting to go out, your parents, depending on your, you know, home dynamic and how strict they are. You know, this is where a lot of times kids try to go against the grain, really becoming who they are. And there's a lot that happens between 12 and 18. And again, between 12 and 18, I was an adult. I was taking care of my twin sisters, who I was super obsessed with. I loved them so much. I I used to go crazy trying to make them organize their drawers, trying to make them keep everything clean. Like, I was a mother once before. I'm a mother now to two kids still doing that, but I have done this before. I can say that. When you can... Say in life that you've done something that is another thing to be proud of. I'm going to touch base on that. But, like, I really took care of the twins and I love them. And I'm so grateful that I had that because that's why I'm so awesome. Like, I could say I'm so awesome because of what I went through with my parents. But I'm going to go ahead and say it was my sisters who gave me a lot of my backbone. You know, and I don't know how much they realize that. I hope they listen to this. But, like, seriously... I paid attention to the things that they needed in school. Like, I remember what my dad, not because he didn't love me, would, like, miss to ask about me. I didn't miss to ask about them. I wanted to get my first job to buy them Nikes because my dad used to buy our shoes at Walmart. And I wish now I could talk to him about that because he was on the right track, man. Having Nikes Nikes means absolutely nothing. That's just my opinion. But um, again, like my drive was my sister's and I'm grateful for that because it really kept me on a good track for a long time until I hit adolescence. So then I'm going to talk about the next stage after 18, you know, like when you become adult. And these are things like, again, not everybody has that household that is structure and pushes you and says, go to college, get married, you know, do these certain steps because my dad didn't do that. There was no steps. There was no future, you know. Amy, I want you to college. Amy, I want you to get married. I am not upset with him for that, but a lot of parents do that, you know? And he was in survival mode. He was a single man of three wild daughters. I don't even know how he survived us, but he did, but he didn't do some things. And these were the things that I didn't know were going to be like, what kind of was hard for me. And I am working on it so much. I have made so much development, but adulthood really kind of, is where it started again. Like, it was hard when I was young. And then it was hard in, in developing. You know, it was hard growing. It was hard developing. And then when I got to an adult, it was hard again. Because I, I was always strong-willed and strong-minded. Hard-working. But, you know, dating. Like, my, I had no mom, like, telling me the do's and don'ts. And then my neighbor's mom was very strict. She was such a blessing on my life. But she was strict, you know, which was great. But um, I guess I didn't know how to kind of ask her some of the stuff. You know, she caught me smoking cigarettes young. 
she always knew what I was doing and she was on me. Thank God. And uh, I used a lot of my my friends' moms and God bless those ladies. Everybody always knew that Amy needed a little something, which is why I have like a really good relationship with all of my friends' parents because I guess I was a little adult in my household. I took that with me, you know, to my friends' houses. And that neighborhood that I grew up in that my father never moved from for 30 years was one of the best blessings of my life. And now in the world we live in, we don't have, I mean, I'm in Miami now. I grew up in Broward County, but I'm in a neighborhood and Miami's gorgeous, but I don't feel that, you know, my children have a neighborhood like that. And that's like gone from a lot of, that's like a different era. And that helped me. I am so grateful for all the things that did help me because I could list you all the horrible things that happened, but there was a lot of amazing things happening that balanced it out which isn't life about balance and that's how I went through so that is just like a breakdown of what I wanted to go through because we all have that you know like what we're born into what we grow into what we develop into and then our adulthood and every single stage of life is crucial and needs a lot of things so I want to just talk about some of the things that recently because like I said I made it. I ended up. I lived on my own. I was very independent since the age of 18 years old. Um, it took me forever to go to college, but I finished. I did go to college. I got a degree. I met the most amazing person that I share my life with, and I am sure that that was definitely meant to happen. Um, my husband is also an orphan in a completely different situation. He was raised by an amazing um, group of sisters and brothers. He actually has also a disabled brother, so it's his older brother, but he is one of the caretakers of. Um, his story is also very unique. Uh, lots, of, uh, lots of heartache, but lots of strength. You know, all of his siblings and himself have become successful. They're all good people, like, and they had been, my, my husband was actually three when his mother passed away and eight when his father passed away. And if you know my husband, you probably wouldn't know that if you met him because he's so domestic. He's one of the best dads in, in the block. <laughs> he's also a PTA dad. And we give back every day um, by nature. It's happened with, I guess, the PTA and our kids at school. We, like, know every kid in our child's school. And when we were in school, we were both, like, drowning. You know, his sisters did everything for him, but he didn't have, a, a, you know, a normal, what, what you call a normal household, right? But what's normal? But uh, they, they did an amazing job raising him. He's got better manners than most women, you know, honestly. And my dad did a good job with me too, you know? And he always said, he always wanted me to make money because he said I was good, you know, with everything I did. But right before he passed away, he saw me jumping into the PTA thing. And he said, you know, you got to get for the kids. And that's what I want to do. Like, I, I have a lot of, uh, right now, you know, I'm not driven on just what I'm doing, like, financially and career-wise. You know, I'm not embarrassed to say that. I live in a very plastic city where everybody wants a Louis Vuitton and a Mercedes and fancy clothes. And I have not judging, you know, God blessed that. 
But I am right now, like, rebuilding myself. Like I said, not only do I work at the elementary school, but I'm kind of there. I'm growing and developing again, like, what really matters to me and what I I want in my future. I would have never thought would be what I wanted in my future when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. I am content with being a full-time mother, a substitute teacher, and I work with the autistic kids at school. And that is just a whole other thing that has... That will forever be in my journey. Like when I, which I'm going to touch in with some of the things I have planned in my life in the future, I will always be involved with autism. That has sparked something in me that is lifelong, but um, I substitute and I PTA, which is volunteering, but I am the president and it's a lot of work and I'm okay with that because at this point, my full-time focus is my children and and my son, he has ADHD. Like, I am focused on trying to better myself to deal with that. And I'm not worried about money, right? But everything I'm doing right now, it is working to that. Like, I know that I will make money again. And I know that I'm going to... My kids are eight and nine. It goes by so fast that I can't even believe I'm saying that. So what, what I want to do with myself, I'm okay doing with it <clears throat> in a couple years. Because I am never going to get this time back and it's hard every day i'm in week eight of summer a 10 week summer and i'm counting down (laughs) and it's hard but you know what it's my it's my job right now and i'm okay with that so let me get into some things that i've learned and we can wrap up episode one okay um this podcast i am going to have some focus on some certain things because I do want to this is about self-development you know I want to focus on mental health um habits is going to be a big thing because habits develop who we are um physical health we are living in a generation where it's getting worse there's more cancer more autoimmune diseases um it's just the diabetes, the obesity. The more I read, which is a big thing I'm focusing on is reading for myself. Um, it's just that the health of our country is on a downward spiral. So that's a big thing that I'd like to talk about. Um, happiness. Like good old-fashioned happiness. Not things. That does not mean material in any way. I want to talk about happiness and time. Time is something that has the whole, 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 the whole world stressed out right now. And it's really your choice what you do with your time. And you can plan that and take that whole burden off your mind because everyone's drowning in time. And in reality, you're going to do the same thing no matter what. So you got to get a hold of this whole thing of time. And I'm going to talk about that. So I broke it down. Mental health. Getting yourself right. It is absolutely 100% true that if you do not get yourself right, everything behind you sinks. So as women and as men, we wake up every day and we go through the motions. But are you getting yourself right? Are you using those motions right? Are you doing what you want to do? Um, How are you responding to things that go on throughout your day throughout your week are you self-reliant or are you relying on others and their behaviors because you can't control other people 
So you have to be self-reliant, which is difficult enough. When you're self-reliant, you start backing off of being reliant on other things because being self-reliant, it fills your cup and you use your energy on you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Half of the people that are using their energy on other people, they're not using it genuinely like, oh, I'm genuinely worried you know, about Susie. It's usually because someone's talking about someone or saying what someone else is doing, which everyone does that. But how much are you doing that? Are you doing that to yourself enough? Are you judging yourself enough? Evaluating your own actions enough? Um, simplifying is something that, for me, I like read a book about simplifying and I have just totally lightened, like I said, my load on so many things because everybody overdoes it. When you simplify, you have to say it every, this applies to any subject, any person, any situation. Simplify it. What do you really need to happen? What is really the problem? Like, what is it really about? Stop, stop, you know, drowning yourself in extra things. Simplify it. Um, being thankful. It's so easy to complain. Try being thankful for a whole day. Like your problems are better than somebody else's. I promise you. And I'm not saying your problem doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is be thankful for some other stuff. You know, show some gratitude. Everybody should practice gratitude. You know, I started doing this, and I remember the first time I did it, I was, like, looking at my list because I had, like, um, again, I think I read something that said to do this, and I was looking at my list, and I was like, why haven't I done this before? Make a list of what you're grateful for when you're having a bad morning. If you think it sounds silly, just do it. If it's so silly, just take a pen and paper and write down what you're grateful for. Don't ask me how long your list should be. What are you grateful for? Your list is your list. There's no way I could tell you how long it should be, but do that. Do it for you. Um, For mental health, for me, grief, you know, has been a huge thing. Like, losing my dad out of nowhere was like, whoa, he was like the guy for me. Like, I never focused on how anything else in life was not always what it was supposed to be because he was there. That guy was consistent, reliant, and real. Okay, there was no sugarcoating with him. It was not a fairy tale. But uh, he was the best. Because now, with the world falling apart, like I said, consistent, reliable, and real. You know, and he was all about doing things the right way. He loved making money, too. He loved to hustle. He wasn't perfect. He had his hustle when he was younger. He always, you know, made his thing in his life. But, like, he was a great person, you know, and, and grief has taught me so many things. I don't want to drown in losing him. I can't get him back here. Trust me, I would have done it. But I live for that guy every day. I know he's proud. He's probably loving I'm doing a podcast. You know, I wish I could have mom, but he'll always come up. I know that. So grief is something that I've really learned to like fill my cup with it. At least I had him. Like what if I never had my dad? That would have been where the real problem was. That would have been in an orphanage, a, a halfway house with my mother. God knows when she used to go to prison, leaving me with one of those boyfriends or something. Couldn't even imagine. So, you know, grief has definitely been a thing for me. And a lot of people suffer from grief. And you have to find your loss. 
and turn it into a, a superpower. Because if you lost your mom or you lost your, even your grandmother, just because you're your grandmother, some of my friends were raised by their grandmother. Like, it doesn't matter who you lost. Coming from a person who had family without it being family in my neighborhood, I had like 20 households in the neighborhood I grew up in that I could really rely on. Those are my family. When those moms are passing away, I feel that. Grief like will really like take the wind out of you. But learn to make it your superpower. You can be sad, but live for those people you miss. Eat the food they like. Drink what they drink. Dance to the music they dance. If they have people that they left behind that, that need something, like you can love what you grieve. You can. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it, so you can do that. Um, learn to slow down. This is for me. <laughs> um, I definitely have been keeping myself busy my whole life. <laughs> I am a busybody. I am a talker. I am a laugher. I am a doer. But uh, I, got, I, I had to learn to slow down, too, because you just got to take a deep breath and recenter yourself and say, okay, like, like I said before, what matters and what does not? You know, this is what's going on right now. This is what I have. This is how old my children are. This is how old my grandchildren are. This is whatever, how old I am and what, 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 what's going on, you know, like slow down and recenter yourself. Um, these are all things for mental health, by the way, that I'm focusing on. That's what I'm sharing right now. Um, appreciation, you know, the same thing with gratitude and being thankful, really appreciate what you have because that is how you get more. That is how you show love to what you're appreciating. Like you have no idea that we have come to the you know, style of life where you have to give someone a gift or you have to take someone out and you have to spend money, you know, to like show that you care. No way, man. Think back to hundreds of years ago when like when the world started, you don't do that to show appreciation. You do things back for people. You, you know, express to people your appreciation, but it doesn't have to be again with material. These are all things that are heartfelt. From your soul, like appreciation, you shouldn't be able to fake that. Like if you give me a, a, a coach purse, I love it. And that, I'm not saying that doesn't matter. Please don't take it the wrong way. But that is not the only way that you can appreciate me. If you don't have that money for that coach purse, and you pick up the phone and you tell me that da, 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 is the best feeling, like whatever I did for you, I feel that that matters. And, and, and appreciation is that simple. Yes, it is. And we've made it overcomplicated. And please don't think I don't like gifts. Because my husband's probably going to listen. I like gifts. But the point is, is that it doesn't have to be a gift. That's not what appreciation is. Okay, here's a big mental uh, thing. Expectations. Hello, internet. I love Instagram. I'm an Instagrammer, a Facebooker. I don't do anything besides that because I'm already addicted enough. <laughs> but, um expectations like you have to do for me what this person did for that person can we like all stop letting ourselves down can we like take a deep breath okay yes you need things you need things from the relationships you're in from the career you're in you are so allowed to have expectations can we make those real can we make them valuable can we make them like 
something besides maybe that is not going to happen. Like, if Susie Joe on Instagram went to Paris with her boyfriend this summer, I mean, can you be a little nice to your boyfriend if he can't take you? <laughs> because your boyfriend could love you even more than Susie Joe's boyfriend love her in Paris. Again, not knocking traveling. I'm just... People get hurt mentally by things that don't really, like, are not set in stone. Like, again, like, your expectations, you do want to have goals. You do want to have dreams. You do want to aim high. Expectations are awesome. Make them real. Make new expectations every month. Allow yourself time to learn. Again, this is self-reflection, guys. What expectations of yours are, are like realistic and what expectations are fairy tale? Because you're only disappointing yourself. Don't expect something that might not happen just to bum yourself out and don't blame someone for that because that's you. That's you. Your brain, your mentality is you. And that's why I'm sharing this because you got to like, you know, face the music, the reality, work on yourself. No one else is going to make you feel better about what you expect. I promise you can read books. You can, you know, watch YouTube videos. You can listen to podcasts. But you got to put your wheels in motion with this. Like, this is you. You have to make the move. Expectations are really, really rough on the mind for a lot of people and a lot of generations. So I recommend thinking about your expectations. Entitlement. A lot of people talk about entitlement. Um, everybody's different. Everybody comes from different families, from different economic backgrounds. But entitlement is a self, um, you know, attitude that I guess I think every situation is different. What you are entitled to is different in every situation. But be realistic. Don't live the world of entitlement as opposed to the world of grit. Don't be afraid to pick up the shovel because roses will not grow without digging in the dirt. I'm just going to tell you that right there. No matter who you are. Don't be entitled. If you entitlement is different in every situation, what you are entitled to will be natural. And what you are forcing is wasting your energy and you need your energy. Um, well, I'm going to end my mental health list with um, chapters. Every single phase in life deserves a new approach. What I'm working on right now, like I said earlier, wasn't even on my mind at the ages of 18, 19, 20, even 30. Um, You have to allow yourself to say, tomorrow, it's a new chapter. And I am going to start doing this. And I am going to start doing that. And you don't need to share that with anybody. Again, we all use Instagram. We all post everything. And that... Again, it's a personal, personal value. No one has the right to say that someone posts too much, blah, blah, blah. That's a personal value. But just know that every single chapter of your life is new. And allow yourself the freedom to write a new one. That's what I'm going to say about mental health. I just went over the things that I'm working on with my mental health. And starting new chapters has become an exciting thing for me as opposed to a... Oh my God, no, it's okay, new chapter, everyone needs one. Okay, so I'm going to roll from mental health to personal development, because I kind of felt like they they, they go together, so, okay, so 
Habits. Habits, habits, habits. I read the book Atomic Habits and I haven't stopped exercising. <laughs> That's personal too. I, um, I have been battling weight loss, I guess, since I had my second child in 2015. And um, I wasn't doing anything about it. I was thinking about it. I was worried about it. Maybe I thought I was focused on it. But I, uh, I, I wasn't, you know, doing anything about it. I could tell you that now. And I read Atomic Habits, and that's one of my favorite books. I'm going to make a book list for this um, podcast, by the way. And uh, Atomic Habits has, like I said, and I'm going to reread that book, too, because I haven't stopped reading personal development since that either, because one of my habits now is personal development. But um, who your habits are who you are. That's what that book taught me. Like, if you want to go forward in life, like, oh, I'm an, an athletic woman or man. Well, then you better take the basketball or football or, or go to the park and walk or put some weights in your house because you are not athletic if you don't make athletic moves. <laughs> it's just, it's that's it. it. It is what it is. Uh, you want to be a chef, like you want to be cooking all the time, you need to cook all the time. You know, you can't be like, oh, I'm a chef and then cook once a week or cook... Because what you're doing every day is who you are. So you, what you want to be, you have to work on that a little bit every day. You want to be healthy and fit and have a nice, lean, healthy body? Well, then you need to eat spinach, drink water, and eat fruits and vegetables and put good things in your body. You're not going to eat McDonald's and get stuff from the gas station and put a bunch of sugar and bad things in your body and have a healthy fit body it's just again a habit it's that simple so um habits are self-directed so i kind of just went over that like you have to do it like that's beautiful if you get a workout partner but your workout partner is not responsible for your success you every day have to put in the work to do what you want to do so you have to be self-directed that is your character you can have good characters and bad characters. A lot of people in this world don't like to be wrong or like say something negative and inflicted. Like, cause we're supposed to be positive. Don't get me wrong, but it's okay to say, I always eat sugar when I say I can't lose weight or I say that I want to be uh, active, but I never do anything active. Well, you have to address yourself about the things that you want to change about your character. Values. Values are huge. You know, they've really gone to shit too. Like, don't be afraid to write a list of those either. You have to have values. You young people have to have values as you grow your life and your family to be. And us people are ready at the age where we have families. I mean, what we have to have values. Everyone's always so focused on what the public is letting happen or what's going on here, what's going on there. Please don't forget that the values start at your at your living room, in your kitchen, like at your house. Like it's really simple. No one's perfect. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not even telling you the values you should have. Just listen. I'm using one word, values. Make them. Make them for yourself first. Share them with your family and guess what? Your kids are going to grow up and they're going to instill their values and make their own values as well, which again, growth chapters we only get a little bit of time to influence our children 24 7 like literally 18 years that's nothing my kids are halfway there freaks me out 
Like, that's why I'm working on all this every day. Like, they hear everything. They see everything. All this crazy stuff going on. I work really hard every day to try to show them values. Do my kids behave every day? Are they perfect? Am I the... No way. You should... You have no idea what this summer has been like. I'm a waitress at the house. My kids are using the tablets. I take them away. Like, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a battle. But there has to be some values within yourself because that's how you kind of like steer through everything. Um, contribution. Again, everybody's always looking for what the gain is. What do you contribute? What do you contribute to your household? What do you contribute to the relationship with your mother? What do you contribute to your relationship with your spouse? What do you contribute to the people that you're surrounded by at your office all day? Hey, everybody likes to take. We got to give. We have to give to what you contribute to the universe has so much to do with what good things happen to you. When you're crossing the street and there's an old lady who's having difficulties with something, can you just contribute a little bit? That I know, I'm extra. Like, look, yesterday my son had his last surgery for his broken femur bone. And we went into the hospital in the morning at 5.45 with, like, six families. Like, we were waiting for the door to open. And then, like, we all had different procedures. Obviously, I'd never met those people in my life. But I waited for them to uh, be done. Like, I don't know how to explain it. We all waited. We go to this waiting room. It's very intense. I don't want to cry on my podcast, so I'm going to say this. You're waiting to make sure your baby wakes up okay, no matter how old your baby is. There was babies within the surgery, and I think I saw, like, a 14-year-old get rolled in yesterday. But I waited in the waiting room. My son, you know, they came out. I think I was, like, the fourth family. Every doctor or surgeon that came into that waiting room at Nicholas Children's Hospital, I, I wasn't trying to be nosy, but as soon as the doctor would say everything was okay and walk away, I would look at the person across the room and say, thank God, I'm so happy your baby's okay. Every single family reciprocated with love. They almost looked like they were admiring me, like, who is this lady? Why does she look like she literally cares about my kid as much as hers? Well, if you know me, then you know I do. So I'm going to leave that there. Um... Well, that's contribution, and I had service down, but that's like the same way. People serve in different ways. You serve by being a caretaker, a volunteer at your church, in your community. Um, that, that, that's a self, you know, like I said, a self-driven habit. Not everybody wants to contribute and do service. That's on my list, but it's very empowering. And there's also a lots of ways. Like, um, let's say you're a guy that likes... Uh, Riding trails, you know, why not look for something to do to maybe help out with, you know, kids learning how to ride bikes on trails or something. I don't know. It's just something that for me, like committing the service and just giving back has just, I don't know, enlightened me. I like it. For me, I do it with the PTA, but like I have lots of future goals with that. Like I said, um, I'm going to get into that with my, when I talk about what my dream is and what my goals are, but um, I plan on giving back the rest of my life, and if that sounds weird to you, uh, it's me. I, I'll always give back. I, my son had open-heart surgery at 23 months, and everything went perfect, thank God. My son broke his femur bone on vacation last year and had to have emergency surgery in Aspen. Everything went perfect, thank God. And then one of the rods, because two were put in his femur bone, 
moved on its own after school one day and had to be removed emergency. Everything went well. Thank God. And then he wanted to leave the other rod in there to finish the bone healing. And yesterday we completed our femur bone repair and I could not be more grateful. I can tell you these things lift me up because my son had the best care. Um, we went through it once the bone, like, what can you do when something goes wrong? Like, okay, he broke his bone. Yeah, it was crazy. It was wild. It was a, we were in Colorado with our family, thank God. But it was a really crazy couple of weeks after the accident. And I've grown so much from it that if I could tell you, it was just part of my growth, you know? And everything that happens is just part of your growth. And people got to really, really, really have to realize that. And I guess that is my superpower. My superpower is I can really make the best out of anything. And it took me my whole life to get here. I think I've always done it here and there. I've also definitely self-drowned, self-absorbed. I've had plenty of horrible habits in my life. I have climbed and climbed and climbed. And now I know what my superpowers. And it's just making the better out of things. And I'm so now invested. Now I'm going to talk about how I am. Um, how, what I, what I do for me. Like all of a sudden, I have realized there is a lot to do for me. And I'm really excited. And reading and writing, which I've already discussed a few times, is number one on the list. I'm reading books again. And I am loving it. I think it kind of started in 2020 when the pandemic hit. I started reading, and I haven't stopped reading, and I love reading. It does a lot for me mentally, um, and I need it. And writing, too. Writing is so amazing for my soul, and I will just never stop doing that. Um, I got my husband to buy me a really fancy camera for Mother's Day. See, I do like gifts. Um, photography is definitely a big passion of mine, and now I can practice it and learn from it. And it's so self-fulfilling. I love pictures. Um, it's a moment in time that you can never get back. And photography is a, is a big passion of mine. Um, I, I love outside. I love we have a camper. I walk a lot now. Like I never realized how much outside fueled my ambition and like my brain. And again, my soul. Like I need outside. And... That has led me to share with you. So, like I said, right now, we, um, we're we here in Miami. The kids are in school. But my husband and I are going to have a farm. Um, I can't tell you exactly when. We're looking. Um, we have a couple of antique trucks. So, this is a, his habit and his hobby. Because he's not doing all the things I'm doing yet. I still try all the time. But um, my husband buys old antique trucks. And we have three of them right now that we're fixing up. And um, that's part of kind of the future plan. But yeah, we're going to have a farm. And I plan on having horses and some other animals. And we're going to definitely slap a food truck on there. Because if any of you know us, Elias and I, with all the things we do, cooking is uh, our biggest passion. My husband and I love to cook. And um, I have a lot of uh, plans for my farm. It's my visual. It's I'm manifesting it. But uh, I will have a autistic summer camp one day. Say that without crying too. That's my one of my future goals. Is I want to have the older um, population wherever I end up uh, of autistic 
think uh, they will be adults working for me at the farm. And I want children to have a summer camp. And I have a lot of ideas I learn from all the kids I work with. And I have a lot of plans of how I'm going to give back one day. I'm going to be young forever. Like, my summer camp is going to be popping when I'm, like, 80. (laughs) So, yeah, that's my dream. Um, I'm self-propelling right now to my greatest self. I am going to break the generational curse of my family. I am not going to die young. Um, I love my parents. I know that they're resting, but I'm going to use their lack of life and their lack of living and some of the things I've learned from what they went through, and I'm going to self-propel and break the curse, Um, and I have the responsibility and the motive to make things happen, and I will never stop. My journey will never be perfect. I will always bump up and down on the road. That's who I am. I have bad days. Um, but I have a lot, a lot of drive. Like I have the wheel and I am driving. And if you know me, you know, I am. And I want to, I want to share one more thing with you. Physical health, happiness, and time. The other three things on my list, I'm going to put them as one. I have been uncoordinated my whole life and I've always never felt like I could work out or lift weights. Um, and I'm doing that right now. I have not stopped exercising in two and a half years because I like it and I made it a habit and I don't do it to lose weight. I do it to get strong. I want to be strong. Um, water, I did 75 hard, um, this year and we had to drink a gallon of water a day. If you've never heard of 75 hard, look that up. That's an awesome mental challenge, by the way. A lot of people think it's just about exercise and losing weight. It's all about mental grit, and I recommend 75 hard, no matter how old you are. But that made me drink a gallon of water a day. I know you hear this, all you ladies on here, and men that want to lose weight, and you always hear water, water, water. Drink a gallon of water a day and tell me that things have not changed for you. Minus the health benefits, your mind, your attitude, the way you feel hydration, will boost everything in your body. So I really recommend that water. And I touched base on this before, nutrition. Like, again, don't say you want to be healthy. Like, don't expect to go to the doctor and have good blood work if you don't eat vegetables and fruits and drink water and you're always putting processed food in your body and sugar. And, like, you have to take care of your body, you know? Like, and we all do. Like, even the snacks, you know, with the kids. I, my son has ADHD full throttle. I do not give him any medication. I'm not going to lie. I've gone to twice to the neurologist, frustrated, and been like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I don't judge people that do it. Everybody's kids, you know, disorder is different. I, number one, can't mess with weight loss and appetite problems because my son also sees an endocrinologist. He's very small for his age. So I wouldn't do that. And I also don't want to take away from Naeem's wild. He's so wild, you know, and it's not easy. But, like, his character is awesome. Like, his character is so awesome that, like, I don't know. I don't want to dim it. You know, I'm having him do extra schoolwork. He's eight. He's starting third grade. Like, I reevaluate every school year. And I have the best team of people that I work with. Everybody who works with my son helps me all the time. And I'm always showing them gratitude and everything as well. So everybody knows. And, you know, that's it. Like, I I feel like 
with the nutrition, the whole house eating better just makes us all healthier. And I'm so active now, like that I've been exercising, eating right. Like I can do anything with the kids, run with them, carry all the stuff. When I first had the kids and we went to the beach for the first time, I almost died walking to the sand. Like literally I was hyperventilating. I wasn't even 200 pounds or I wasn't like so overweight. I was so unhealthy, unhealthy. So movement, the exercise, uh, doing things that you like to do outdoors. I really, 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 really recommend that you start doing that now because happiness is current situation. It's your responsibility. I think we should all chase it. If you complete something in your life and you can talk about it, it makes you feel good. If you can say, I changed the way I eat to change my health, you're going to feel good, but you have to do it. You can't say you're doing it and not do it. It's a whole different thing. You're only you know, like cheating yourself. When you're doing it and you're saying you're doing it, you're going to understand exactly what I'm saying. And if you already do it, then you know, yes, that's true. If I live like that, I can say I live like that. And happiness and time are things that only we can control. Take control of your time. If you really don't have time for yourself throughout the day and evening, then wake up an hour and a half before your family. That's how I do it. I find Amy Marie in the early mornings. In the summer, I've lost control of that. I've been going to bed late, waking up late. I'm still exercising and taking care of myself. Like I said, it's who I am now. I can say it because I'm doing it. But I will tell you this. I am doing it different and I gave myself compassion and I'm allowing myself to do different because it's 10 weeks with my kids for summer. I serve 97,000 snacks. I make lunch four times, breakfast four times. I do more laundry even though we're barely going anywhere and I'm allowed to change it up and I'm allowed to put myself right back on track because I'm in control and I am self-reliant and I'm doing these steps myself. And that's what I want to share with you. On future uh, episodes, we're going to talk with other people. I might talk alone about some things. But this is the first episode of Finding Your Roots. Like I said, I'm new to this. I haven't bought my audio equipment yet. I hope that I sound okay. I'm not going to re-record this. This is all freestyle. I thank you for listening. And I look forward to you climbing your roots. Have a wonderful day.